9, 12, 10, 28, 2, 23. This is Deep State Radio, coming to you direct from our super-secret studio in the third sub-basement of the Ministry of SNARK in Washington, D.C., and from other undisclosed locations across America and around the world. Hello, this is David Rothkopf, your host, and we are here for a special conversation with uh, Congressman Eric Swalwell of California's 15th District and uh, an active voice in the House uh, inquiries that led to the impeachment vote. Welcome, Congressman Swalwell. Oh, thank you so much for having me on, David. So um, I, I have some carefully prepared questions, but this is 2019, at least for a couple more weeks. And so every three minutes, there's a new development or a new tweet from the president. President, 10 minutes ago, tweeted, Nancy Pelosi is looking for a quid pro quo with the Senate. Why aren't we impeaching her? So perhaps you have, yeah. I, I know the answer for that, but perhaps you have an answer for that. Well, I mean, it's hard to talk about the Constitution and separation of powers in Article One and Congress's ability to hold the president accountable when he doesn't understand how the Constitution works, that a member of Congress cannot be impeached. And that's not by accident. That's by design by our founders. Now, we can be removed at the ballot box every two years when we stand for election, but we were given the power of impeachment to hold any abusive chief executive accountable. And uh, this president, as as we have articulated in the articles of impeachment uh, that were passed, believes that he categorically can refuse to cooperate with Congress. And as he's said in public statements, uh, he uh, has power as the presidency that is unchecked. And so um, thankfully, we have read the Constitution and most of our constituents understand it. Uh, and I, I think he's outnumbered here. Uh, well, one, one would hope so. Clearly, the, the issue of the moment is what happens next. The House has patched, passed two articles of impeachment. Typically, the next step would be handing them over to the Senate. Uh, we're in a bit of a standoff about whether we should hand them off and 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 perhaps under what conditions to hand them off. Uh, you've talked a little bit about this elsewhere, but I thought it might be good to get your perspective on what can be achieved by withholding them and at what point should this process move forward and over to the Senate? I look at this the way I looked at cases when I was a prosecutor. And, you know, I'd, I'd been in front of tough judges before. You know, I'd, I'd had through jury selection juries that uh, concerned me about whether I was going to get the verdict I was seeking. But I never walked into a courtroom where the foreperson of the jury was sitting at the defense table talking to the defendant and the defendant's lawyers. I mean, that is, uh, you know, truly every prosecutor's uh, nightmare. And Speaker Pelosi, before she's going to send her prosecutors over to the Senate, uh, wants fair assurances that it's going to be uh, a trial with witnesses. And that's not only because that's what the witnesses who came forward in our case, what very few witnesses we had deserve for the, the courage they showed. It's what the American people deserve. And it's frankly what the president deserves uh, is someone who, who should have a fair trial. And 70% of Americans in an ABC poll this week said 
they expect the president to stop blocking witnesses. And Senator McConnell can get the articles, get the managers, uh, if he were to follow uh, what those 70 percent polled want. So, you know, I, I don't mean to quibble with you, because I think, as I said at the outset, you've had a, uh, an outstanding uh, several weeks leading uh, um, uh, the Democrats in, in many aspects of the questioning here and drawing on your experience as a prosecutor. Having said that, um, uh, you, like many people, uh, use the analogy that McConnell is the foreman of the jury because the senators are, are, are jury. Yeah. But unlike a trial, um, a majority vote of the Senate actually can overrule the judge. So he's, you, yeah, it, right. you know, in, in, in that right. sense, he's, yeah. he's actually got to have more weight than the foreman of a jury, right? It's, he's, he's actually oh, you know, you're, judge. You're absolutely right. They have more power than a jury, but um, they are answerable, you know, to their constituents. Uh, they have to answer to their constituents. Uh, and, and I say that because if they were to overrule a Supreme Court chief justice who said, Mick Mulvaney, John Bolton, your relevant witnesses, you need to come in, and they were to overrule that and say no. Yes, in the short term, they may block those witnesses. Uh, but again, I, I think the American people are not without a remedy in that they could hold those senators, uh, particularly the ones up for uh, election, uh, accountable. And, and so, again, I, I think most senators would also be thinking about that. So I, I don't want to call for too much speculation here, but let's just assume we get to the next stage and the articles of impeachment are handed over. Uh, and uh, the odds are that McConnell gets his way mostly, right? Some, it's possible that, that, you know, that there may be a witness or two, but that does seem a bit far-fetched at this point, doesn't it? I mean, if he's dead set against it, that, you know, I mean, it, it's going to be hard to move him off the point, or am I wrong? Well, again, this, you know, Speaker, her leverage is that the American people want a fair trial. And, you know, her experience also tells her not to lead us, uh, you know, on our side, at least whoever we send over into an ambush. Uh, and, and again, I, I think too many people stepped up like Dr. Fiona Hill and Marie Ivanovich and Lieutenant Colonel Vinman and risked their careers and they risked their lives uh, in, in some cases because of the death threats they got to just send over articles that are going to be dismissed without any further witnesses or any further follow-up. And, and, and I think she recognizes that. And, you know, I, I don't think we should just assume that McConnell is in the, uh, you know, the checkmate position here and that we, we do have leverage. Well, one thing that you do have with every day of delay is the likelihood that something new happens. Because as you have pointed out, and I think made the point very effectively, this is abuse going on in real time. It continues. Rudy Giuliani is off doing his thing and he's coming back and, and a day does not go by where there's new revelation there. Yesterday, there's a revelation that the president got his views on, on what Ukraine did uh, uh, in the 2016 election from Putin and actually told his staff that he got his uh, uh position on this directly from the Kremlin. I was just wondering if you had a reaction to that. Yes, the, these articles were not written in the passive voice. Uh, the president you know, has abused his power, but he's abusing his power uh, right now. And I, I think the reason that Rudy Giuliani just went to Ukraine and that they are still trying to dig and rig, you know, dig dirt up on their 
potential rival and rig the upcoming election is because Senator McConnell and Senator Graham and others have telegraphed that he's going to be acquitted. And, and it's the same reason that after Bob Mueller testified and said that the president could not be charged criminally with the 10 obstructive acts that he committed in the investigation, that the next day the president felt so emboldened to ask President Zelensky to do us a favor, though. And so when this president sees opportunity, he moves you know, his corrupt schemes forward. When he is caught, like the whistleblower complaint coming forward, he stops and Ukraine got the aid. And so I, I think for us, the lesson should be stay on him, stand up against him. And that's the only way of extinguishing his corruption. Well, I think it raises an interesting question, and that is, um, quite apart from the trial in the Senate, uh, whenever that might happen, if indeed it happens, uh, given the likelihood that uh, that uh, the president will uh, be acquitted in that trial, given the, the, the constitutional requirements to remove him are, are so high, um, we are still going to have him as president, and he's still going to be abusing power in real time. And, you know, he was, as again, you pointed out, trying to rig the 2020 election, and the 2020 election is next November. Uh, the Senate missed the opportunity uh, a week ago to vote money to protect us against foreign intervention in the election. And so, you know, the president is acting in a certain way, as are those close to him. The money is not in place. And abuses are likely to continue through the year. What can the House, uh, the, the two committees that you sit on, uh, the Oversight Committee in the House, um, do to continue to protect us? Do you expect that there will be ongoing investigations about the president, regardless of the outcome yeah. of the Senate trial? Yeah, yes, I, I do. And we should be just as emboldened to stand up to him and believe that it can stop him as he is emboldened to believe that uh, he can continue to corrupt you know, our democracy. And so, yes, we will continue, we will investigate further what's going on uh, with Rudy Giuliani and Ukraine. We will investigate the president cashing in on access to the Oval Office, you know, in violating the emoluments clause. You know, those cases, you know, persist uh, in the courts. We will continue, uh, you know, to investigate, uh, you know, this president and his relationship uh, with Russia, as you pointed out. Uh, it, it's been revealed in Washington Post reporting uh, that he is advancing this Ukraine nonsense theory because he was told it by Putin. We're still seeking the notes from the Helsinki conference uh, between the president and Vladimir Putin. So, uh, but the good news is, uh, David, that we we also are showing the American people that putting us in the majority is not just investigating and litigating, but it's also legislating. And sure, we passed 400 bills uh, this Congress, and, and skeptics will say, well. That's blue team versus red team. You pass it in the House, it goes nowhere in the Senate. But 275 of the pieces of legislation we passed are bipartisan. And, and that includes not just the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement, but also the background checks uh, bill that we're sending forward. Uh, it includes you know, making sure that we get uh, equal pay for equal work and that any person who would be fired for being you know, uh, gay, lesbian, transgender uh, and their job would have a right of action. So that also, I, I think, shows that if you not just show up at a town hall, but you show up at the ballot box and put us in the majority, uh, that it pays off.
it, well, indeed, but it also shows that you guys are going to be um, uh, busy over the course of the year ahead because there are so many things coming, including uh, um, you know March hearings in front of the Supreme Court, and by June a decision from the Supreme Court um, regarding access to taxes um, and the, the the requirements, uh, you know, and 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 also whether uh, your congressional subpoenas should be honored. Um, that could cause everybody to revisit a lot of this again as well, right? And I, I don't think those Supreme Court cases will go against us. Now, I know, uh, and I'm mindful that, if you recall, David, when the Kavanaugh hearing was underway and everything had unraveled for uh, Justice Kavanaugh, you know, at those hearings, it was Newt Gingrich who said, well, when the president's taxes go before the Supreme Court, we'll look to Kavanaugh, how he votes, and see if he was worth it. And what Gingrich was saying was that they believe that they have a, a court now, and it was worth all the trouble with Kavanaugh and what was revealed, to have someone who would give a majority to protect the president. I still believe that the precedent here, that you know, a president uh, and the privileges they can assert has limits, is so strong, the U.S. v. Nixon case, an 8-0 ruling, that it's going to be incredibly hard for the court to reverse that. And that means, as you pointed out, we are going to learn a lot more about you know, the president and his finances. We're going to learn a lot more uh, about the president and uh, you know, foreign gifts that are being given to him. And it's not going to be flattering for the president. In fact, it's going to reaffirm who we believe he is, which is a you know, corrupt leader. Many people who have watched over the past few weeks have admired your performance. Uh, uh, you could tell because the better things were going, the more you would get heat from Fox News and the, <laughs> and the right. So congratulations on that. Uh, but what uh, a, a lot of our listeners don't know is that you managed to do all this as a congressman when it's your second most important job. And I know your most important job yes, right. is being a being a dad, right? And so I, I, I know we've got to wrap this up because you've got to uh, go and uh, and take care of your kids. But uh, I, uh, I have we a two-year-old and a one-year-old. And, and even, uh, David, during the uh, impeachment uh, debate, uh, I, I stepped away uh, for about 20 minutes uh, just to go pick up my son uh, at his preschool. And I wasn't able to you know, take him home. I just wanted to see him as he was coming out and uh, I knew it'd be a late night, and I always, you know, no matter how long a day is, if I can see my son uh, and daughter, uh, I, I try and do it. And it's just a, a reminder, I think, for all of us uh, that this is about what we pass on to the next generation who will be around long after we're gone. And I feel confident that my Democratic colleagues and I uh, did all we could to defend uh, this democracy and pass on one that's still intact for the next, next generation. Yeah, and we shouldn't take for granted that that we will. Uh, there's a lot of work that That's remains right. to be done. We wish you uh, luck with that. We wish you the best for the holidays, and hopefully we will talk to you again in the new year. But thank you very much for taking this time with us of today. Of course, you too. All right. Thanks, David.